podcast. It's time for another season preview, and this time the team is the Los Angeles Rams. With me today, I've got a first-time guest on the podcast. With me today is Rams fan Sam Andrews. First of all, Sam, how are you? Yeah, yeah, all good. Just uh, busy getting ready for the start of the new season. Um, <laughs> there's a lot that I need to say about the Rams, but <laughs> I'm sure we'll, we'll definitely be getting into it. So, Oh, we will. And it's been, you know, we've had, it's, this is a 24th team out of 32 we've done. Um, and there's been a lot of chat about the Rams in previous episodes when you've gone through the win-loss tie segment at the end. So I'm intrigued to get your thoughts on it because I've given my take on the Rams. I've got people who've given their take on the Rams. There seems to be, you know, from Sydney guests on the podcast we've had in the podcast, mostly a very clear consensus about what's going to happen. But I'm intrigued to know what a Rams fan who watches them week in, week out, what you think about them going into the season. But before we go into any of that, your first time, which means only one thing, we ask you the same question we ask all of our new guests, especially those in the UK who like the NFL, as to why they picked their team. So for you, Sam, why the Rams? Um, this is a bit of a weird one. Um, I've, I think I said, I've done this on a, on a recent podcast as well, where they asked me sort of a similar question. And um, originally, I didn't. When I got into the NFL, um, I, I I was I watched the um, the Patriots um, Falcons match the, that Super Bowl, um, and that sort of really got me sort of recently hooked. And then my mate, who um, sort of was part of sort of getting me into the NFL, he supports the Seahawks. Um, so I sort of was trying to um and ah about picking a team, and and I just I started watching um, the LA Rams, and I I, I, wa- I remember watching, um, funny enough, Aaron Donald, and just the way that he he was just basically bulldozing people, and I just I liked him as an individual, and that sort of then got me hooked from there really, and and originally it was gonna my my first choice when I was looking at this was actually going to be the Ravens or everything was between the Ravens and the Seahawks um, for no particular reason. Um, but then when I found out that obviously without watching Aaron Donald and then um, knowing that Ars- the Arsenal owner who has to support Arsenal in terms of football, soccer, um, I just, yeah, just decided, well, it sort of makes sense that if I support Arsenal, I should support the Rams as well. So yeah, that's how it sort of all came about. Yeah, it's um, it's a fascinating thing with Ram because I, I, you know, I've loved um the Sean McVay sort of time, um, and I, I believe it was you that actually went on. Was it you that went on um a sleep at work with it yourself that was on the show? Yeah, yeah. So obviously with that one there, do listen to that one. I did listen. Give that one a listen. That's probably how I found you, I think. And um, you know, that's even more in depth door into your sort of becoming of an NFL team and stuff like that. So you do check out. But I was surprised that Arsenal fans would choose Ram because. You know the Rams, the sort of the the, the Cronkies were family that also fans don't like. Basically, it's um you know the fan base. I'm I'm, I'm sure it's still the same case that you absolutely hate the, the Cronkies. I'm surprised that you went for the Rams despite knowing who the owner was. Yeah, I, I, it it was one of these. I mean, I, I being obviously being an Arsenal fan, I wasn't I wasn't really a fan of. I'm I'm not a fan of Stan Cronkie in terms of him as an individual, but I think. That aside, I just I I mean I'm, I'm I think as Arsenal fans we are starting to maybe potentially grow in terms of liking his son Josh, um, but I think it was I don't know I just I, I I always thought that it sort of just it made sense I know that obviously I mean you can hate the owners and whatever they've done but I I think 
there was there was no, there was little other sort of that was pointing towards who I should be. And I, and and when I started watching, obviously Aaron Donald, and then finding out that it was the Cronkies that owned it, it sort of just fell into place. It wasn't. Um, it just yeah, it was just one of those things that just sort of fell into place really. So I just sort of ran with it. And I'm being I'm personally I'm from Derby in in England, so their football team is the Rams. So again, there's that sort of of course, yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah. So there's sort of multiple levels of links with with it all. So yeah, it's it's not one thing. It's sort of a multitude of things. But I suppose in terms of like a a defining point, it probably would be watching Aaron Donald and and watching sort of that his just monstrosity in defence. Really, it makes sense with the Cronkies because I've got a friend of mine who is a Man U fan and a Bucks fan, and that was sort of part of the reason why he chose the Buccaneers. And I got friends who I used sort of colleague I used to work with who was Buccaneers, and then he's a Liverpool fan like myself. So when the Glazers took over, whatever, was it 2004, 2003, whatever it was, he took over, he did change teams for that reason. So I think I I, I can see why in a way. Um, but at the same time, I think if FSG took over the Dolphins, I might have to change teams. <laughs> or maybe not, maybe not, I don't know. But, um, but anyway, uh, let's get into the Rams for the current off-season. So looking at the ins and outs uh, in free agency, this included the main out with players such as Alan Robinson, the wide receiver who had a terrible time with you guys. Uh, Bobby Wagner was released after just one year. He's now gone back to the Seahawks. Jalen Ramsey's been traded to the Dolphins. Um, linebacker Leonard Floyd is gone. Running back Sonny Michelle's left for retirement. Quarterbacks are just Bacon Mayfield, John Wolford, Bryce Perkins all left. Safety Taylor Rapp left as well as kicker Matt Gay coming in. Unless I completely missed out, people, I couldn't find many major ins. I mean, it's Josh Johnson, safety, quarterback, Keller Witherspoons, tight end Hunter Long as part of the Ramsey trade, and quarterback Brett Ripien. But in the draft itself, you took Steve Avila, the guard, 36th overall from TCU, as well as uh, Tennessee defensive end Byron Young, 77th overall, as well as H9th overall pick Kobe Turner, defensive tackle out of Wake Forest, and the player that I personally am really going to back, I like a lot. Stetson Bennett, the Georgia pullback, went 128th overall. So for you, overall for you, Sam, your take on the off-season for your team? I, I think that it's... I don't particularly like it, but I, I understand the method behind it. I think it's... You know, there was all the talk that, that McVeigh was going to go at the end of it, was going to retire and obviously get his big, massive contract in media and all of that. And I think whatever's sort of happened, whatever sort of the discussions have been, I think it's a case of that they've just decided we need to do something now before it becomes too big of a problem. So I think they've taken a few hits, obviously losing, well, trading Jalen Ramsey, um, allowing Bobby Wagner to go. And, you know, I think from everything that I've sort of read and seen, I think a lot of it is setting it up for next year. Um, I think next year we're going to have one of the highest um cap spaces so we'll be able to sort of start making moves again um from next year the likelihood is we're probably going to be i mean obviously without going into what our the predictions will be i think we're probably going to be vying for one of those sort of top five picks um we'll actually have a, a first year where we'll have all of our picks plus so you know it's you know it's the first i think it's the first pick we're going to uh, first round pick that we'll have since um we signed uh jared goff so yeah i think it's it's disappointing to see that it's come to this, but at the same time, I think that knowing that McVeigh's probably got maybe one or two years, maybe knowing Stafford's probably got probably going to re- maybe retire at the end of this year, 
Aaron Donald might go, Cup might go. Probably doing it this way is probably the most sensible thing and sort of doing it as they call it, not a, not a rebuild, but doing a re a refresh or a rebrand. I can't remember what the terminology was, but but yeah, so I can I can see why we've done it, but it's it's tough to see after what the recent history we've had. So, but it's the nature of the NFL, I suppose. Yeah, that's probably a nice segue into why I want to ask you is because a lot you made about your recent strategy, um, you know, going all in, and it's worked. It's worked. You got the ring. Uh, now, I said it many times, said it on the, I think it was on the Commanders podcast with Chris Milner, it was where basically I was talking about how I would happily have nine bad years if men seen the team win a Super Bowl. Different story about winning games, different story about if you, if, if you can give me one year when they were guaranteed to win a Super Bowl, I would take nine bad years because I've never seen us win a playoff game, let alone make a Super Bowl or win one. And, you know, as even for, go back to for our version of football, like Liverpool, I said for years, I would take a bad season. I remember it was in university 2014, 2015 time, whatever it was, and Chelsea had that bad year after winning the league. And I said to the Chelsea fan, that was in my lecture, I would take that season you have in that year if I meant winning the league the year before. And obviously it did happen in the end for us in a way that year. But it's with that, I would, I think most fans, you would take that. I mean, look at Wigan Athletic going back to football again. They got relegated the same because winning the FA Cup and they would take, they would take that in a heartbeat. It's all someone off that at the start of the year. And I think for you guys, I think it'd be a whole different story if you'd gone out and done what you did and lost to the Bengals or you lost to the 49ers in the previous round and never won a ring. But you've done what a lot of fan bases haven't experienced. I mean, the Lions fans never seen them win a playoff game. Most of them, I've never seen us win a playoff game. You know, teams like the Bills haven't won a Super Bowl, the Browns. So many teams have never won a ring in the last five, ten years. And you would take that. So people are saying you sold your soul to devil to get the ring. But what's your take on that? Do you... I'm guessing you think it's worth it, the fact you've gone out and got ring, or do you think differently about the whole approach that you guys took? Um, I I think knowing the way that the NFL sort of runs in terms of, I mean, bar, bar maybe sort of the Chiefs uh, in recent years, generally you do have quite a fast turnover in terms of players and, and you know, teams that are in the playoffs. And, and there is that sort of quite, you know, the NFL is, is fast-paced. Things change up very quickly and, you know, teams that are, in the playoffs one year, don't make the playoffs for two or three years. I think because we went all out, I'm happy that we got the ring. And I think the the expectation was that, you know, because we went for that ring and we got it, I think it was okay. Like you say, I think if, if we hadn't have got that, if we had a loss to the Niners, had, had we lost to, you know, the Bengals in the final, you'd be questioning the tactics. I think we... Because it worked, people don't. I, I think people are more accepting of the way it's done. Um, I suppose it depends on whether you're sort of maybe a more traditional NFL fan or if you're more, I suppose, the more the modern NFL. I, mean, well, I don't want to say modern, but you know, one of the not necessarily non traditional NFL fans who, you know, we got a lot of stick for buying our way to the NFL, to the, to the Super Bowl and that in terms of, you know, basically building a world-class squad and letting it sort of run that way. Um, personally, I, I, if you said to me, you know, three, four years ago, you're going to win a ring, but it's going to cost you another two years or three years or four years after that, I'd go, great. I've seen my team win a Super Bowl. I've got, you know, I've got, I do a, a NFC West podcast and, you know, and the Niners fans have not seen a, a, a Super Bowl win in 30 years. So, and I, I mean, we've had two in this decade. So, I mean, for me, it's, 
I'd rather be in that situation, sorry, in this in the century, not decade. I'd rather be in a situation where I've seen my team win and win the win the ring and then have to deal with, you know, potentially three to seven years worth of nonsense. Um but to be able to say I've seen my team win the ring, that's that's all that I need as a fan, really. I agree totally exactly what I was saying. And I think it's just the end of the day, especially in the NFL, where it's, it's just one trophy, there's not like a it's not like a League Cup, FA Cup, Champions League or Premier League. It's, it, it's just one, everyone's going with the same goal, just one trophy and that's it. So at the end of the day, everyone's fine for the same thing. Every fan base wants the same thing and you've got what most fan bases in the last 15 years haven't got. I mean, apart from maybe the Patriots, the Eagles, the Chiefs, you know, Buccaneers in recent years, it's, it's not many fan bases can say they've seen their team even make a Super Bowl, let them win it. So the fact you've done it, and you made two in the last three or four years, albeit the one was not a great performance against the Patriots in, 20, in 2018 season. But, you know, you've got whatever everyone wants. At the end of the day, that is the most important thing. And going back to the point about the draft pick, to make emphasis on how long it has been since your first overall pick, sorry, first round pick you've had, the last time you had a first round pick, Barack Obama was president of America. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a while. So, uh, And I do think that, I mean, there's a, there's a, a lot of jokes that go around in the uh, in in sort of the Rams sort of groups where it's like, who needs a first round pick? Like it's we are we've we've we're fully aware that we don't do picks. I mean, I think last year at one point we were only, we only had about four picks, and then we managed to pick up a load through comps and and trades and that. So yeah, we we it's going to be a diff- I'm going to actually be able to sit up next year and actually watch the first round and be like really actually sort of excited to see who we're going to draft. So. Yeah, it'll be it's it's a whole new sort. I suppose to, to me, it's a whole new era now. We're we're in this you know this new Rams era in terms of moving in moving away from you know the likes of Stafford and Donald and Cup potentially. You know, it's it's all new. I think so. I'm I'm excited, but at the same time, I'm I'm under no illusion we're not going to be that good for a while. <laughs> well, you mentioned him there. You mentioned Stafford, Cup, and Donald. Is you only really one season move from winning it all. Um, it's only 18 months since you last won it. So, I mean, those three players, you know, Donald and Cup and Stafford, they're still three very important and very good parts of your team. Now, do you think potentially, even with those three players, now I know there's talk of Cup being injured for the start of the year, but do you think there's a chance that even, if as long as you have those three playing and healthy, that there's a chance? Because last season, never forgets that Stafford was injured for most of it. Cup was injured for most of it. And Donald, I don't know where the injury just wasn't informed, but the, the three weren't there altogether. And I think that people forget that that will happen last season, essentially. So does that give you any confidence going to the any hope going to the year that maybe if you have those three healthy and you know, likes of Tyler Higby still there, you know, Van Jefferson could be a good number two for you. Do you think with those three core parts still with the team that you could still get some wins and maybe nick a wildcard spot at a very at a stretch? I I think if we can if we can keep Stafford vertical, he'll do things. I mean, this this was the I mean this I think we had was it fourteen weeks in a row where we didn't have uh, the same O line playing together, and that was I mean that was the biggest issue that we had last year. And I mean you know talks of Stafford getting injured and Cook getting injured. I if it wasn't for that O-line, I think Stafford would have been, well, certainly wouldn't have got as banged up as he did. And I don't think that, you know, we would have had the same issues. But I, 
I'm interested to say I, I'm I'm very much in quite a negative view, and I, as I don't know if it's because you know everything that I've sort of seen, and and I'd rather be sort of you know expect the worst and then the best to happen. But I think if if we can if we can keep Stafford vertical, I could see us doing well. Um, I think he obviously has a great relationship with Cup. Um, he has a good relationship with Higby. Um, so I think if we can keep that that part working and, you know, if the, the O-lines, for me, I always think the O-line is the most important part of any team. So if if we can keep them fit and keep them the same for a good seven, eight, nine games, then, yeah, I don't see why we can't go and maybe sort of sneak a, a, an eight, nine, but I'd, I'd, or, so yeah, eight, nine wins, but... I think our division, I think with the Seahawks and with the the Niners, I think they're just too strong. They're 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 gonna be really good this year again. So I'd I'd be surprised if we got a if we even got close to a wildcard spot, but never say never sort of attitude really. Yeah. That's the thing with the NFL because we're going on to it in a minute about our win loss tie sec. You had a few returning guests on last year. So Obviously, on the one hand, we had a Seahawks fan who last year predicted five wins. They go on to make the playoffs. And we had a Broncos fan who predicted 11, 12 wins, and they got five or six. So, you know, that's why the sport is so great, because you just don't know. I think with our version of football, you sort of know who's going to be there and thereabouts, apart from the odd few surprises. But literally, so many teams will make the playoffs after not making the year before and vice versa. And a lot of teams completely surprised. The Lions surprised last year. The Seahawks surprised. And then the Broncos underwhelmed and the Rams underwhelmed. So, or the worst ever defensive Super Bowl crown. So, you just don't know what's happening. I think if you, especially with, it is a short season, 17 weeks. If you catch a really good run, catch lightning in a bottle at the right time, especially down the stretch, you could easily make, make, make a case for it and make that run. So, I think nothing's impossible. I do think you've got a chance of making it as a wild team. And I think, especially with the NFC South being weak, if you can somehow seeding wise, up against them in a wildcard round, you could even at a real stretch make the divisional round, but sounds as if you're not too confident about that happening, so we don't need to get to that point at the end of the episode. Yeah. But, um, we will get into the win-loss tie section now, so those listening at home or watching on YouTube, if you aren't aware of the process by now, we ask every fan to go through each game and answer with a win-loss tie uh, prediction. So, week one, you mentioned Seahawks before, you face them in week one on the road at Lumen Field. Loss. And in week two, the NFC West tour continues as you take on the 49ers at home. Loss. We never beat them. It's it's a it's a standing thing. Two losses to the to the Niners before the season starts. We, we, we'll sort it out. That's fine. <laughs> well, it doesn't get any easier. My goodness. In week three, you're on the road to the Bengals. Loss. <laughs> <laughs> I can see where this is going. <laughs> um, week four is a road game against the Indianapolis Colts. Win. Okay, first win of the season. Oh my goodness, week five. You've had a tough start here at home to the Eagles. Loss. Um, week six, you've taken on the Arizona Cardinals. Win. So then week seven, you face in SoFi Stadium the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll be positive. We'll go for a win. Okay, I like it. Um, week eight, you're on the road to the Dallas Cowboys. Loss. So then you go into week nine, Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers. 
I'm going to say a loss just because we don't do well at Lambeau Field. Okay, so week 10 is a bye week. So week 11, you face the Seahawks again, but this time at home. Win. Okay. Um, week 12 is a road game against the Arizona Cardinals. Win. Week 13 is a home game, this time against the Cleveland Browns. Loss. Okay, so week 14 uh, is a road game against the Baltimore Ravens. Loss. Just a loss, I think. Okay, and then week 15, approaching the Christmas era of the NFL this season, um, you take on the Washington Commanders at home. Win. Okay, and then you then face the New Orleans Saints at home in week 16. Loss. I really fancy the the Saints this year. I think they're going to be good. Okay, so next up is New Year's Eve, um, 10 a.m. local time. Um, that'll be about 6 p.m. in the UK. You take on the New York Giants in New York. Loss. That means going to final week, week 18, on the road to the San Francisco 49. <laughs> hey, so not those optimistic prediction. You do finish with a 6-11 and 11 record. It's better than what I've I've said throughout the start of the preseason, which was five and twelve. So we've got one more win than what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> well, looking at the predictions we've done in the series so far, you are our twenty fifth guest. It's our twenty fourth team we've done, and you are our second least optimistic fan so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just I just think that there's way too much. I think one of the biggest things I think we've I, I think someone was one of the guys was talking on CBS or something like that, and we've. We've essentially got the hardest um, schedule for the year. And it's not just down to the teams we play. It's also down to the fact that I think we face, is it five or six teams coming off their bye week? So that's that's where I think that the struggle could be is that, you know, we're facing teams coming off their bye week and there's always a bounce after the bye week. So I think there could be a couple there that we, we lose because of that reason. Okay, well, we're going to flip over our final question because we normally ask fans if they're going for nine wins or more, if they make the playoffs, how far they can go. Obviously, six wins would never get you into playoffs unless literally the NFC West has an absolute stinker. So for you, we're going to, first time we're asking this question on the series so far, but if you are to finish 6-11, and 11, what position do you think you'll be in the draft? How, how busy, how bad do you think you'll be in terms of the rest of the teams in the NFL? Um... I, I think we're probably going to be I wouldn't be shocked if we had a top five pick. I think with you know looking at the other teams that are down there sort of with us, you I mean you've got the Cardinals are gonna absolutely stink it out this year. I think they're gonna be awful. I think there's potential that the books are gonna be pretty bad. Um and who else was there? Oh I, the Texans are just gonna be as bad as they always are. Um, so I, I can see us being sort of in that, you know, if if we finish either like that five five twelve six eleven sort of round, we'll probably be sort of top top five picks. Um, but if if we somehow pull off a miracle, then you know we could be a bit higher. But yeah, top five pick I'm going for. Fantastic, and that's where we'll end the podcast. So 
This has been the Across the Pod Los Angeles Rams season preview. So thank you very much, Sam, for coming on, first of all. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. No problem at all. Pleasure having you on. And what we'll do as well, we'll give you a chance, if you'd like to, to plug your social media. So how can people listening at home or watching on YouTube, how can they find you online? Um, so yeah, just, I'm mainly on Twitter. Um, so just SamRam47 on Twitter. Um, I do have, um, I do a lot of sort of fantasy football. So there's loads of stuff on there. Um, just follow me on there and you'll find pretty much anything podcast or fantasy football related. Fantastic. So, and of course, I did mention it before, if you haven't yet listened to the Sleep for Work podcast where Sam was a guest on it, a show that I've also been on in the past, do check it out because it's a great insight, even more of a delve into his Rams fandom and how he got onto the NFL and stuff like that. So do give that a check out uh, with Aaron and, and Sam. But in the meantime, this has been the Across the Pod podcast. I've been Andy, this has been Sam, and we will see you guys for our next team season preview.